feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid. Nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Standing by a parking meter. When I caught a glimpse of Rita, filling in the ticket in a little white book. In a cap, she looked much older. And the bag across her shoulder made her look a little like a military man. Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, we are talking about the protests that are popping up all over New York City, over the migrant shelters. In just a minute, we are going to have patriotic activist Scott Lobato talk about another big one that is taking place in Staten Island. Buckle your seatbelts because this is just the beginning. And I'll also be taking your calls, 1-800-848-9222. Also, later on in the show, we're going to be talking about Joe Biden. I cannot believe this. He is in Maui. They have been devastated by the worst wildfire in American history. There are still 500 children that are missing, that may have perished, that now their homes are in ashes There are up to a 1,000 people that could be potentially dead from these devastating fires. Our president goes two weeks too late, and then he makes the most ridiculous comment trying to compare what they went through with him having a small fire in his kitchen a couple years ago. To me, it was downright disgusting. Take a listen. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday, and lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, (laughs) and my cat. But all kidding aside, I watched the firefighters, the way they responded. I'm sorry, that is just shameful. He's laughing about maybe losing his cat and his Corvette. It was a small kitchen fire that was taken out, by the way, in a matter of minutes. And he's saying that as like, I feel your pain in Maui. That is disgusting and completely insensitive and tone deaf to the people there in Maui who are saying, where the heck have you been for two weeks? First you say no comment and then you say that. That to me was downright disrespectful. And we're going to be talking about that later on in the hour. Also, as we are talking about, the border is wide open. And that, to me, as I've always said here on the show, is a dereliction of the president's duties. His first and foremost responsibility as commander-in-chief is protecting the homeland. And that border has been a leaky sieve 
So far, even last month, about 180,000 or so have crossed through the border illegally, many of them coming to sanctuary cities like New York City. And guess what? New York City is busting at the seams. The protests continue even tonight, and there will be more tomorrow. Here's a little bit of some of the demonstrators chanting at a new facility that opened up in Queens at the Creedmoor Asylum. Take a listen. And more and more are popping up. Floyd Bennett Field is also another one that is opening up. That's in Brooklyn. And guess who's going to be there? Thousands of single adult male migrants. Some will be near the beaches. Some will be near kids' schools, kids' soccer fields. What could go wrong? Well, joining us now to talk about what is happening in New York City and many more migrant shelters that are set to potentially open is patriotic activist. He's also an artist. He is a big supporter of our men and women in blue, my friend Scott Labedo. Scott, thanks for joining us here on the Rita Cosby Show. Hello, feisty Rita. (laughs) Thank you. Equally feisty, Scott, because you are out there. I see you at all the different protests, especially the ones in your home of Staten Island. What is coming up and what are you hearing from other people there about the fact that it looks like these facilities are opening up all over the place? Well, here's the issue, Rita. Um, This is a good thing because finally... After 30 years of me trying to wake people up and Curtis doing the same thing and you and other people, the people that would not normally be in the streets are finally getting in the streets. And I need to emphasize something, okay, because these people, the mayor, the president, our governor, they are not used to seeing the working people, taxpayers in the streets. Now, we are not the other side. We don't need to flip cars. We don't need to set things on fire or cause fights. We just need to be in mass because they will see when the masses are out in the streets, nonviolently, but angry as hell. I'm telling you, people, if you're listening to me on the show, you need to understand that that will change policy. So we must continue. The momentum is building. You see it. Curtis is out there. Curtis was with us Sunday. Me and Curtis got arrested. Just some just very simple disobedience, shutting the street down. There's no violence. There's no destruction. We don't even have to do civil disobedience. Tomorrow, Rita, I need you to let me finish this, okay? Tomorrow in Staten Island, all of these things going around the city. All of these battles of these migrant shelters. Tomorrow in Staten Island is ground zero. Let me explain. Tomorrow's the Alamo, okay? Because it is the, in the heart of a middle-class residential area. And there is the St. John's Villa Academy where they are putting them. They're coming in supposedly Friday. A hundred, over a hundred young male adults. Now listen to this, people. 20 feet across the street is St. Joseph's Hill Academy, kindergarten to 12-year-old young girls, 20 feet away. Now, these are young men that are not vetted. We don't know if they're pedophiles, rapists, what viruses they carry. 20 feet away is their playground. This is 
unfathomable. This is unbelievable. And everybody in that community is coming out. And if there are not thousands of people in that little street, then we lose. So I'm calling on people, not just in Staten Island, because the nice neighborhood 10 blocks away or in Brooklyn or in Queens that you don't think it's coming to you. Trust me, people, it's coming to you. Tomorrow is a stand like never before. You know, Scott, this is stunning what you just said, that it's single adult males, which is typically what most of them are. um, And yet it's 20 feet away from the school and the school is an active school, right? I mean, explain exactly who goes to the school and it's a, they're aware the school is there, right? It's right across the street. It's like you can't even make it up. People, the address is 26 Landis Avenue. Tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Just Google it. You will see not only that school across the street, there are four other schools right around the corners in that district. This is unfathomable. This is just, look, look. Look, I can't say this enough, and we're all talking about it. And your buddy, our buddy Castamides brought it up a while ago. Rikers Island can hold tens of thousands of these migrants. And people think, oh, Rikers Island, you're going to throw them in jail. So, no, we remove the bars. It's a simple reconstruction. Very simple. You remove the bars and the gates and the doors. They're like, it's like a hotel. You build these condos. Why isn't that happening, Rita? Because there's no money in it. And where, let me, I'm sorry, but I got to call out people. Where the hell is the former borough president of Staten Island, Mr. Otto, who is now what? Who is now the commissioner of buildings department. He's nowhere to be found. You know, I'm telling you, this can of worms is opening up and we are going to win this. But the people need to get out. I hope I'm making you people angry. Yeah, you know what? You're making, you're making a lot of people angry. I, this, it to me is shocking Scott Lebedo, uh, that this continues. You would think, first off, turn the buses around. I've said, send them to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Send them to uh, the vice president's home. Uh, This is like, where does it end? The fact that they would actually consider a facility. Now, have they said they're definitely going to do this, or is this a potential facility? Nope, it's definite. They're already doing construction. And another thing, I was there all day today and yesterday with some friends. There are no work permits. Every building that's being under construction needs to have work permits up. There are none, not inside or outside. And the rumor is that it's an EO, which means it's an emergency order from the city or the state, which is bull. OSHA should be on top of that. The buildings department should be on top of that. Unsafe conditions. You cannot do work in a building without permits. There's none. It is a fiasco. They threw this under the radar. Nobody knew about this until three days ago. Three days ago. They, this is not going to be pretty. This is, I'm telling you people, this, I, I don't care where you're from. If any, you've got to get to this one tomorrow. And one more thing, Sunday. Me and Curtis will be with me tomorrow night, as he always is. Sunday. Sunday. Because we all remember what the mayor said. He said, let's bring him to Gracie Mansion. You remember that, Rita, right? I remember. And what did he do? And what did he do? He said he can't. So he's not putting him in his yard. He's putting him in your yard. So Sunday at 2 p.m., we are bringing it to Gracie Mansion. And another night, another day, Sunday at 2 p.m. at Gracie Mansion, there better be people in the street. Because if there's not, 
and they bring these people in, then you deserve it. Hate to say it, it's called tough love. Staten Island, if we're not 10,000 people, 5,000 at least, on 26 Landis Avenue, 7 p.m. tomorrow night, Wednesday, you're not there, then they deserve to be put in your neighborhood. It is up to us people now, you working people. I don't care. You're not going to the beach. You're not going on vacation. You're fighting for your community and your children and your life. It sounds so crazy. It sounds hard and harsh, what I'm saying. But this is reality like never before. And by the way, Scott Lobato, I want to say thank you because you're fighting for all communities, even though this is right in your backyard and obviously across literally 20 feet from the school. This new one that you're talking about this week uh, that you're doing tomorrow, you are fighting for all communities. I mean, people across the country are going what is going on? I mean, when does it end, too? Because they're not calling out the president, and they continue to pop up, and they're putting them across the street from school. I mean, just like you said, we don't know who these people are. So you're fighting the fight, I think, for all good Americans, um, and you and Curtis and others. Bravo. But, Rita, my, my, my whole life's work for 30 years have been doing this. Get people to learn how to fight for themselves without you don't have to get violent. You don't have to get dirty. You, number one thing you have to do, everybody in this whole country needs to understand this. Stop worrying about what people are going to call you. They're going to call you a homophobic, a racist, a bigot. Let it ride. You think about the balance of somebody calling you some stupid name or you worry about the community and the future of your children and your whole life's work the mortgage that you have to pay. You need to do that balance and say, F what they're going to call me. I'm getting out in the street because that's what the world sees. That's what the country sees. Why does it start here in New York? Because New York sets the trends. And if we started here, everybody in this country needs to follow our footsteps and get out in your town hall, get out in your city hall and make some noise. And you don't have to get arrested. You don't have to be violent. We're not them. That's why these people are pushing these things through, because they don't see us in the street, because so many of of us, you know, not me, obviously, but so many of the working people don't get out in the streets. But this is the final moment in this country. And it's just not about, obviously, about, you know, the migrants. It's everything, crime, the economy, so on and so on. But this is a great shining moment. And this is where I am going to be so excited to see you people out And I'll know that I can retire finally and relax because you people are taking over. And do me a favor, Scott, real quick again for folks listening, where can they join you and when again? Tell everybody again about the St. John's Villa Academy. Tomorrow night, Wednesday, Staten Island, St. John's Villa Academy, 26 Landis Avenue, 7 p.m. And then Sunday at 2 p.m. at Gracie Mansion at the mayor's residence. We are going to bring it there. And there better be thousands of you out there. Otherwise, you deserve what you get. Sorry. Tough love. Wow. Uh, Scott Lobato, thank you. You got to keep us posted on how they go. Make sure you keep in touch with me and let me know how both of these big, big events go. Described as the Alamo and how scary that they are actually considering and planning on putting it up right across from this school. This is just, it's amazing. Uh, Scott, you keep up the good fight for all of us. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. You you do the same, Rita, because you're an unsung hero. You are a fighter just like we are, and we need you right here with us. Thank you, baby. Thank Feisty you. Feisty Rita. 
Thank you. My pleasure. And the great Scott Lebedo fighting the good fight, I think, for New York and everybody. We're going to take your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to Feisty Rita on The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show. 77 WABC. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Steps in Philly. Remember that? Whoa. I love this song. A little eye of the tiger because many people in New York City and across America are fed up. You heard from Scott Lobato, the patriotic artist and activist. He said tomorrow is like the Alamo. It's the last stand because they are opening up this school with a hundred single adult Male migrants, illegal migrants who cross the border that have not been vetted criminally, health-wise. This is the case with most of the migrants. A huge portion of them, overwhelmingly, are indeed single adult males. And in some facilities, like in Creedmoor, which is the asylum there, also this uh, that one's in Queens, they're talking about thousands. Uh, Randall's Island, by the way. Uh, They're talking about 3,000 migrants there. They're already bragging about the beds, the meals, and the free laundry that they get. And then also Floyd Bennett Field, where there was another one that took place. That's in Brooklyn. Uh, That is an old airfield. 2,500 migrants are planned to be in that one. So where does this end? And especially to have them near schools, to have them in areas where they're in the community, as you just heard from Scott so eloquently and passionately, 20 feet away from a school that's K through 12. What are these people thinking? This is so dangerous and so scary. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Janine, who's on Staten Island. Go ahead, Janine, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. How are you? Good. Um, I'm, I thank so much Scott Lebedo for, for fighting for all of us. I live around the corner from this, um, from St. John Villa. My children went to school there as babies. My daughter went to the high school that they're speaking about, St. John, uh, St. Joseph Hill Academy. And there, as you said, there's a grammar school attached to St. Joseph Hill right behind Villa. And these are babies that go to that school. I live here. We work so hard to keep our home, to pay for our home. And now they're going to build this, they're going to have these migrant men come. It's really, it's, it was done purposely under the radar. We all didn't know. This is a shame. Something has to be done. And I thank him so much for bringing this out. And I will be there at seven o'clock tomorrow and I will be getting all my neighbors 
together and we will be there. I really hope something gets done and this isn't for naught. This is the shame of it all, Rita, is that the people try to get together because there was another shelter that's going to be built down the block, again, very close to Villa, where they're going to be housing 50 women, supposedly, in an abandoned medical building that, they, that they're redoing. So they're building them in these very, very residential uh, areas with children all around, schools all around. I, I really hope that we're heard tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, I think uh, the protests are already having an impact, and I agree with you. I hope a lot of people come on out because this just seems insane, Janine, that it would be there right by the school. As you're saying, it's attached to this school, uh, and you know the area super well. It, it, to me, it just it is the definition of insanity. It doesn't make sense. It's dangerous. It's reckless. Uh, and it's just, this is a, a shameful move. Put them somewhere isolated and send some back. This, right by a school, this is crazy. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Rita Cosby is on. Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great men and women in blue, something that, by the way, Scott Lebedo does all the time, too, which we love about him. Well, this story coming from Dearborn, Michigan, where an off-duty police officer saved a choking three-year-old boy this week. And this is coming from Melvindale Police Department Officer Mohammed Hakim, who is at home on Monday. He was preparing to take a nap before his midnight shift began when he heard some commotion outside his house and on his police scanner. He said when he heard reports of a choking three-year-old on a street near his house, he immediately jumped into action. He said, I put the yelling and put the radio dispatch together and I just bolted out of the door. The 25-year-old officer said that the boy's body felt lifeless when he arrived on the scene, but he continued to perform life-saving measures. He said, I got there and I get handed a baby, basically, and I was like, "Uh, this is my time. This is what I got trained for to do in the police academy. In my head, I was like, He's not going to die in my hands. That is not going to happen. And after a few minutes of delivering blows to the boy's back, the child began to show signs of life. Dearborn police officers and first responders arrived at the scene 
and the child was rushed to a nearby hospital. Fortunately, the boy is said to be doing okay. He is back home with his family and so thankful for the officer and his heroic efforts. What a great, great story. And how amazing that he just happened to be in the right area at the right time, put together the police traffic and the screaming in his neighborhood and was able to save this young boy's life. That's why we always appreciate the hard work of our men and women in blue. Even when they're just about to take a nap, they are always, always working. Well, we are talking about all of the different strategies that are happening with these migrant facilities popping up all over New York City. Governor Kathy Hochul essentially saying, well, New York is a sanctuary city, so pretty much they're going to be staying in New York City for now because the other counties don't want them. Eric Adams was trying to ship them out to other counties. They all basically said, hey, uh, we don't want them. We don't have to keep them. Take them back. Well, I don't understand why Mayor Eric Adams doesn't just put them on a bus uh, or a train or whatever and send them to Washington, D.C. in front of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. New Yorkers are getting so fed up. There was a brand new poll that just came out, a Siena College poll, and it says that a whopping 82 percent of New York voters say that the unrelenting influx of migrants to New York State is a serious problem and that a strong majority now say it is time to slow the flow. I say, what took you so long? I mean, give me a break. You clearly should have slowed the flow a long time ago. And in fact, there are pictures of basically what was going on in Arizona. And this is where they have some issues with floods and a couple different things during some flood season by the river and some other issues. Well, the gates that are typically open just for the occasional floods and then close again, now they're basically welded open. What does that say to you? You see these images, it's like streams, not of water, but streams of migrants coming through these openings because it says, come on in, wide open. That's our U.S. border. That is a frightening, frightening prospect. And of course, tomorrow night, there will be the big GOP presidential debate. You'll be able to hear the highlights here on the Rita Cosby Show, so you definitely want to stay tuned to that. And we will be talking a lot about what's going on there, what's going on with Trump and Tucker. You don't have to go anywhere else because we will have all the highlights here on the Rita Cosby Show. And you can bet they're going to be talking about border and migrants. To me, this is an enormous issue, not just in New York, but it's an enormous issue around the country because Americans are fed up. And there are a lot of Democrats who thought, oh, well, you know, it sounds nice that we want to help, you know, a few hundred people or a few thousand people. And now you're hearing, as you heard from Scott Lebedo, that they're setting up migrant shelters 20 feet away from a kindergarten school, K through 12. What could go wrong there when they're all single adult males who haven't been vetted physically, uh, criminally. Uh, There's a lot of issues. This is a really scary, scary premise. And Mayor Eric Adams made the statement, oh, they're coming to a neighborhood near you. Well, I'll give him that. He's right, because it seems like they are coming to every neighborhood. And just a few hours ago, there was also another protest that took place at Floyd Bennett Field. This one's in Brooklyn. This is a big sort of airfield, if you will, and they expect 2,500 migrants 
will be coming up there. That is, federal had to basically give the lease to the state. The state claims they're going to be paying for it. But again, it's also technically in New York City. It's in Brooklyn, even though it's federally owned. What a mess. So Curtis Lewa of the Guardian Angels and also WABC radio host was out there. And this is what he had to say. Here's his message. You were serving the people of the city of New York who elected you, or if you were the governor, and you followed the people that elected you. They don't want this. They don't want this. This, these folks who come here can be put back on the buses, give them a nice box lunch, let them use the facilities at the Port Authority, and it's Joe Biden's problem. He created it. He continues it. Let them put tents on the National Mall. Let them put tents on the National Mall. And by the way, you're right. Put them there. Put them anywhere. What about the Naval Observatory also? That's another good place, Curtis, because the Naval Observatory is a huge area. That is where Kamala Harris lives. Put them there. But you know what's interesting? When they were sent to places like Martha's Vineyard, suddenly the people of Martha's Vineyard were like, "Uh, uh, uh, we don't want this in our community. Let's turn them around. They lasted about 24 hours in Martha's Vineyard. And here is WABC radio host Sid Rosenberg, the host of Sid and Friends. And he was also at Floyd Bennett Field tonight because that is near where he lives. And he said he doesn't want it in his community. Take a listen. I think the goal is to uh, make everybody in this neighborhood aware of what uh, they're trying to do. Uh, this is a calamity. This uh, starts with the President of the United States. goes right to his homeland security guy, Mayorkas. Uh, those guys lie all the time about the border being closed. Clearly, it's not closed. You don't close the border. Then you put Hochul and Adams in a tough situation. They're both liars, too. This is a complete system failure from the mayor to the governor to the homeland security director to the vice president to the president. Everybody is lying to us and failing us. We're out tonight to expose the truth. Everybody's lying. Well, listen, they also telegraphed, yeah, come on in. And now they're wondering, why did they come? Uh, Well, maybe because you gave them all these freebies and said, hey, come to New York City. By the way, I do not blame the migrants. I'd want to come to New York City if somebody said, hey, I'm going to put you up. We're going to give you free beds, maybe put you in a four-star or five-star hotel. We're going to give you meals. We're going to give you laundry. We're going to give you a whole bunch of stuff, the free cell phone. You might end up in a shelter or, you know what, we're going to try to give you a priority. So the first ones that came all went up pretty much in hotels. 50% of New York City's hotel rooms are filled with migrants. So how is that for tourism? If you're a tourist, you really want to come and go, uh, guess what? Uh, MS-13's down the hall from me. Uh, Johnny had this big tattoo that uh, had MS-13. What does that mean, Mom? You know, can you imagine? This is what we're dealing with. And then next to schools, we are now being encroached every different direction. And all we know about, we know that there's 100,000. The price tab for just the 100,000 or so is essentially 12 billion dollars guess who's paying for it american taxpayers new york city taxpayers ka-ching 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 businesses are being pushed out because it is not a business friendly climate sadly right now there are so many issues with crime and everything else and there doesn't seem to be money for a lot of things like that but somehow there's money for the migrants somehow they're able to find 12 billion dollars Think about what $12 billion could do. 
for New York City residents. I'm talking about legal New York City residents. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Kathy in New Jersey. Line 5. Kathy, your thoughts? Yes. Hi, Rita. Good evening. Um, this is not the way to sustain or create a civil society or a compassionate one. Um, we are regressive. Forget about progressive. Ellis Island had it more together. When people had polio, they were secured. They were put in infirmaries. We all know this. People weren't running loose with polio. What have we come to? And the government, federal and state, and I'm using legal terms, they are acting, acting like a danger and a threat, posing a danger and a threat with their actions to everyday Americans. No security, no safety. Doctors, nurses, teachers, judges, store owners, anybody in New York, you don't know who you're dealing with. How can, this is unsustainable. It is criminal. I agree. You don't know. And I know, you know, one last thing. Imagine school stories. The teacher is not sure if that's the parents. It's, this is like breaking my heart. The kids might not be able to communicate or they're afraid to. How is this going to be dealt with? The foster care system is overloaded for our own. They can't even put kids and families in foster care in New York if you don't have papers, Rita. And they're not vaccinated. And we don't know what they're bringing. It's, it's, it is so bad. It is. And that the gut. And we, listen, you always talk about D-Day and how brave our people are and how we fought in wars. We need that energy, army-like, to turn the tide. To, to, I'm sorry. You can't have people running around without ID, without knowing who they are, with the drugs coming in. It is absolutely... If somebody called the police and and the cops came, they wouldn't even know what to do. I mean, it is. By the way, no, Kathy, it's you. You've hit so many powerful points. It is. (laughs) It is frightening. No, it is. It's frightening. And, And the sad reality is, Kathy, even if we plug the border today, which is not going to happen under this president, but if they plugged it today, we would have repercussions from those actions, which you so eloquently described and and very passionately, because I feel emotional, too, and I feel angry, too, and I feel worried like you do. I hear it in your voice because I am really worried about, as you said, kids in the classroom. I'm worried about the kids across the street from a, a potential new facility, it looks like, there in Staten Island. I mean, are you kidding me? 20 feet away from a K-12 through school? Uh, and it's single adult male migrants that aren't vetted, aren't checked. I mean, this this is a really scary thing. And like you said, there are no repercussions because 
if they arrest them, uh, you know, a lot of times they give a fake name. And in some cases, you find out that they've had many arrests or they've been deported before. Those are the rare cases. And then they just come back again. They almost don't really care. Most of the time, you never find out if they have any background whatsoever because they don't know their name. How are you going to check them? I, I mean, it is it is a downright derelict uh, action by this president. And I think even local officials for what they have done to this city and the fact that every now community is so concerned of what's happened. And that's why I think we sadly will feel, you know, effects for generations to come. Because there are so many of them that came into this country without any records that just came in unvetted that we will find out, oh, wow, that person, sadly, who did this, this crime a year from now or 10 years from now, he somehow slipped through the border under Joe Biden and ended up uh, in a neighborhood near you. That is a scary premise. And that is unfortunately the reality under this president. And that's why an open border is a formula for disaster for communities and for country's national security. And it's a shame of this White House. It is a darn right uh, black eye and shame on this White House. And there's so many real fears. And, you know, a lot of people can sit there and say, oh, yeah, we want to be welcoming. We want to be a country that brings people in. I'm a first-generation American. My parents, it took them six years to become an American citizen because they had to study for the test. They had to learn the language. They had to do all these things. And so I understand uh, what it's like to say, gosh, I want to come to America. My parents came with a hundred bucks on a boat to America because they couldn't wait to come to this incredible country. So I understand the draw of them wanting to come to this great country, which it is. Uh, but shame on our leaders for not protecting us, not vetting us, not checking. And what a contrast it is from when my parents came uh, in the 50s to now where it's like, come on in, don't worry about it. I mean, if you had any sort of disease or criminal record, there wouldn't have been even a question. It'd be like a swim back. They might not have even put you on a boat. I'm being facetious. Of course, they put you on a boat. But, you know, I mean, they would not be accommodating. And now we are bending over backwards at the sake of American citizens getting the short end of the stick. Uh, this is this is alternate universe. And this gets me so angry and it gets me so concerned. So I, I hear your pain, Kathy, and I think we all feel it. And we all have to speak up and say, enough, at least try to plug the hole now, if we can, as soon as possible, and let our leaders know that, local and also federal. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. On 77 WABC. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And protests are popping up all over New York City. People outrage that new migrant facilities with thousands of migrants are popping up in their area. Here is one at Creedmoor that is the asylum, and that is in Queens. 
And there are a lot of beds there for single male migrants. Take a listen to some of the angry demonstrators. And they are shouting that left and right because schools are right nearby. What a mess. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm. Line three, Norm, uh, your thoughts about it? I bet you're out there out and about. Oh, Rita, I've been to, uh, I went on Sunday to the uh, protest out in Staten Island at uh, Midlands Beach with Curtis and Scott Lebedo and watched them all get arrested. My uh, Some of my friends uh, also got arrested, my friend Deanna, my friend Brad, my friend Mitch. Uh, I did not. <laughs> um, that time, anyway. Um, anyway, I also went today to the uh, protest at Floyd Bennett Field. Oh, yeah. How was and, that? How was that, Norm? Fill us in. That was great. That was really, really great. We had around five. Well, it's great for a horrible thing. I mean, I'd ra- I'd, I, would, I would rather go see a concert or something. But there was uh, like over 500 people there. Uh, also, Curtis gave the there's a revised number. It's not twenty five hundred at the Floyd Bennett Field facility. It's seventy five hundred. Oh, my God. By the way, I was waiting for that to happen. You know why? Because it's a huge airfield. And if you look at how big of a location it is, sadly, as soon as I heard they're bringing them there, I thought they're going to try to fill that airfield. It's going to mm-hmm. look like a like a mini tent city by the time it's done. Uh, because they're not just going to put 2,500 there because there's room for a whole bunch. When did he, uh, how did he get that assessment? Um, it came out in the speech. Um, I, uh, I, I mean, that's that's what he said. I don't have, you know, I mean, I. No, I, it's pra- uh, um, by the way, I'm sure it's probably right because the minute you see how much room there is there, uh, they're going to, I think, fill every inch of it if they can. And, and that means mm-hmm. tens of thousands, I think, eventually, Norm, but. Um, I'm sure Curtis is spot on with that. Wow. 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 Norm, thank you very much for the update. I appreciate it. Uh, Let's go to Melissa. Line five. Melissa, your thoughts. Thank you so much. Uh, If if I lived if I lived in the boroughs, I definitely would have voted for Sliwa. But besides that, I just don't understand that we lived so long for so many years with the pandemic of having to wear a mask, mask, mask. But now everybody's just walking around. If you go by the Roosevelt Motel, hotel, whatever you call it. You no, you are spot on. <laughs> Melissa, you are spot on. Remember, even even when they were requiring vaccines, guess what? They weren't requiring vaccines of the migrants. And you would think they'd be the first ones they'd be requiring vaccines. Talk about a double standard. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita. Cause your perfume is smelling sweet. Since when I saw you down on the floor.
And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. And some explosive details coming out just a few hours ago from John Solomon. And we're going to play a big chunk of the interview that we did with John Solomon, where he talked about some of these new revealing details that really show Joe Biden according to what Solomon uncovered. And he is a great investigative journalist. And he was exclusively telling us that it shows that Joe Biden changed U.S. policy dramatically, did a whole basically 180 on policy and decided to fire the make the threat that he would fire the prosecutor Uh, and make sure that the prosecutor in Ukraine put at least pressure on the Ukrainians to do so. And if they didn't do it, well, then they would withhold the billion dollars worth of aid. And that wasn't U.S. policy. All along, he's been saying, oh, it's U.S. policy. That's why we really got tough on them at that moment. That's why we did it. I didn't do anything unilaterally. I didn't do anything that would help my son's business interests, even though he was on the board of Burisma, the Ukrainian energy company at the time. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, what John Solomon has uncovered shows that that ain't the truth, Joe, that indeed he did uh, do an action that was basically unilateral, that the U.S. policy was something totally different. And suddenly he turned things around after there was some comments coming from business associates and his son. The timing of it is damning, and boy, it looks so bad for our current president of the United States. And it all stems from this comment. Remember, he made this comment where he was like bragging about taking action and being really tough on Ukraine, saying we're going to withhold the money unless you fire this prosecutor. Turns out that prosecutor, again, was investigating the corruption at Burisma, where his son was on the board. And he always maintained that was U.S. policy at that moment. I was just following U.S. policy. I didn't do anything on my own to help my son. Here is that famous moment, which now turns out to be, according to John Solomon, absolutely not true, that he took it upon himself to suddenly do these kind of brazen actions that he bragged about at the Council of Foreign Relations. Remember this moment? I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. (laughs) Got fired. Wow, what a surprise. And it turns out that was an action he took on his own. We're going to be talking about that later on in the hour. And also Biden's downright tone-deaf comments going to Maui and acting like a small fire that he had in his kitchen years ago uh, that could have damaged his Corvette, his beloved Corvette, somehow that he can relate to the people of Maui that have had their homes burned to a pile of ash. To me, it is it is downright despic- despicful, despicable. He has said a lot of things in the past that I think are shocking and just disconnected. This one, to me, is probably one of the worst because he just seems incredibly tone deaf and so out of touch that he would somehow think about it and kind of joke about it. So how tone deaf is our president? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Well, you certainly could make the case. 
uh, that he is tone deaf at the border. And it seems like a lot of people are tone deaf, including New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Uh, Remember this exchange not too long ago. Here's the mayor, and here is an angry resident in Queens, New York, begging him. Listen to this one. What I need you to do as one of your constituents is send them back. Yes. Send them back to Washington, D.C. Send them back to Mexico. Have some guts. Stand with your people. Wave your people. Send them back. But he doesn't seem to want to send them back. He just wants more money so there could be more shelters in New York City. And Joe Biden certainly seems to go, what do you mean by open border? Just because millions of people are here that are unvetted? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Again, you could bet that the border issue and what's happening with the migrants, first of all, it is unsustainable. And this will certainly be a topic for the debate tomorrow night. Again, we will have special programming uh, on the Rita Cosby Show. You definitely want to stay tuned to that. Uh, I'll be hosting it along with my buddy Dominic Carter. We will have the best coverage anywhere uh, with some highlights of the debate so you don't have to listen to the boring parts. And also, uh, we'll also be talking about President Trump and his interview that he'll be doing with Tucker Carlson and play some of the highlights from that and also get your take on all of it. So we can't wait for you to tune in. It is going to be one wild night, and you don't have to listen to the boring parts because there will be some boring parts. We'll only play the feisty hot spots. That's all uh, you need to listen to, so you definitely tune in tomorrow night to that. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jay. Uh, line three, Jay, your thoughts about all this with the migrants. Hey, how you doing, Rita? Thanks for all your information and all that you do for us. Um, yeah, my wife actually works in a couple of these uh, hotels that they have posted up all over the city. Um, she works in one in Queens, one in the Bronx. And this is serious stuff because... You know, I have both sides of the story here because my wife is actually an immigrant from Brazil. And what it took for her to get her green card was jumping through hoops is is not even saying enough. Uh, it took about 11 months for her to get everything going just before she can get her work permit. Um, it took $7,000. And these people are coming into these hotels, and there's domestic violence. She's gotten pushed. She got pushed into an elevator and held there by one of these migrants. It's just amazing what's going on in here. Um, And it's really hard for the people that are coming here legally to even get by. Wow. Uh, you know, we've heard some stories of at some of the hotels, like as you talked about, some of those even been, a, you know, sexual assaults. There's been physical assaults. There's been like the trashing of the hotel rooms, them returning the food, saying the food's not good enough. Um, how many how many migrants are in her hotel? And was she astounded that the new residents are illegal migrants? Uh, she was definitely astounded. She actually went into this job thinking that she was going to be helping people. Um, But it's, you know, you definitely have some great people coming over because they need 
and want a better life. But absolutely. Um, but the the majority of the people are ungrateful. You know, she had one instance where she um, somebody asked if they could go to Florida, and she said, "I don't think that's possible." And the manager came over to to her and said, "Wait a minute." They ended up sending these this whole family to Florida, gave the kids all iPads, all the food and everything that they wanted. And, uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and you hit it on the head. All these, like, freebies and all these perks. And meanwhile, we have American citizens that aren't getting it. Um, and one of the things I talked about also was in Maui, I brought up uh, the disconnected comments by Biden. But the Biden administration is giving uh, the individuals, the American citizens in Maui who've lost everything uh, and their loved ones in many cases. I mean, it's, 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 it's heartbreaking. I, it's, it leaves me speechless when I see these images of how leveled uh, it is. He's giving them $700. And I'm thinking, $700? Think about all the things they're doing. It's costing about $10,000 a month per migrant, essentially, in a place like New York City. How does that seem fair? Think about all the money and all those things that your wife is seeing firsthand working in the hotels. And like you said, you know, how many people would say, gosh, I'd love a trip to Florida, you know, all expenses paid. But but the migrants are getting it, and American citizens, especially those in need, are, are not getting even some of the basic things. And those people in Maui, our great American citizens are getting $700, a one-time offer, $700. That That is disgusting, and that is an embarrassment, and they deserve so much more. Uh, Jay, thank you very much. Let's go to Glenn, Line 7. Glenn, your thoughts? Yeah, hi, Rita. Great show tonight. Thanks for uh, bringing this all to light. Thank you. It's so important. Wow. Yeah, and my hat is off to guys like Scott and Curtis for rallying the troops and— uh, you know, there's a there's a silent majority out there, and uh, we who are in that silent majority or choose not to speak up, um, nobody is going to change this. You know, the, the, the policy in Washington is idiotic. Uh, any normal manager would cut the problem off. Even they're calling it a crisis. You cut it off at the source, give us a chance to regroup. Look, I'll, I have a soft spot. For, for migrants. Like you, I am the son of Danish immigrants. We've spoken before. And when they came over, they were vetted and medically tested. You knew what you were letting into the country. You had to have a sponsor. And my family, my parents and my grandparents had to live with a relative in Brooklyn until they were on their feet and on their own. It's a recipe for disaster. What are these single adult males being put in co- uh, uh, residential communities going to do during the day when they have no job to go to they have nothing else to do street crime and i'm an old law enforcement guy i was a cop for a long time bad enough in new york state with bail reform and the crime the kinds of street crimes we're seeing in our communities are worse than ever let's add another couple hundred thousand uh, unvetted males they're going to be getting into trouble oh big and- time big time and we have no record of who they are we have no idea uh, you are 1,000% correct. Uh, so where do you see this going, Glenn? I mean, where's the end game? Well, uh, yeah, and like I said, I, I have a soft spot for politically oppressed people. Uh, but what's coming over the border are sex traffickers, drug dealers, 
fentanyl that's killing hundreds of thousands in this country again. You got to cut it off at the source and then figure out where to put them. But I, I do applaud Republican politicians like where I live out here in Nassau County. Bruce Blakeman said, no. We're not going to support that. Yeah, he was and, like, and forget it. By like, the way, by the way, he did it a lot more strong than that because I talked to him. He was like, <laughs> hell no, they're not coming to Nassau and, County. And do you notice so far they haven't? And and we've all worked hard that live here our whole lives to have a certain quality of life that we've worked hard for and come to expect. And we didn't ask for this. It's this idiotic policy coming out of the White House. And, uh, and that Hochul and Adams are not are supporting it and not saying cut it off at the source. Let's figure this thing out, do it the right way. And having these guys across the street from schools is insane. So uh, we, we need to show up in numbers for these rallies that are happening. We must be heard. And I pray that we can reverse this tide that's happening. I hope so, too, Glenn. Boy, oh, boy, I hope so, too. Glenn, thank you very much uh, from a a fellow uh, Dane. I appreciate it, Glenn. Thanks so much. When we come back, we're going to continue with your calls. 1-800-848-9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. 77 WABC. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And coming up after the break, we are going to talk about, I think, one of the most outrageous comments that Joe Biden made when he landed in Maui two weeks after the horrible, horrific wildfires that are the worst in American history. And you've seen the images, how devastated they are. He comes, makes some jokes, uh, seems completely disconnected. He is two weeks too late, barely giving them any support. He leaves, and then he goes back to his friend's house, which is an $18 million home. And also there are reports tonight that FEMA, which is the Federal Emergency Management Agency that is supposed to be helping the people there on the ground, that they're staying at hotels that are worth about $1,000 a night, like the Four Seasons and the Fairmont. Guess how much the people of Hawaii are getting? A one-time $700 payment that wouldn't even cover the FEMA overnights at the little fancy schmancy five-star hotels that they're staying at. That is disgusting, and it is bad optics. They should be staying in a tent city and doing what they can to help those people or stay at a day's in or a holiday and whatever the case is, don't stay at something with like, you know, the white glove treatment while people have lost everything and you're giving them 700 bucks. And then you have president Biden who comes and tries to say, Oh, I can relate to you. Uh, I had a little house fire years ago, uh, making it sound like, boy, everything was on the line. Uh, and so I went through it with you. That is an insult. That's like saying somebody who got, uh, you know, lost a loved one in a car accident that you can relate because you stubbed your toe. That that to me is such an insult and such a slap in the face to these people, these incredible people in Hawaii that have lost everything and are just looking for help that they deserve from our federal government and guidance from our federal government. 
and our president seems uh, devoid of it. He seems like he can't find it in his soul. It is shameful, and we're going to talk about that and what this means about our president, what it says about him and his administration. The fact he also has a wide-open border, and now New Yorkers and so many people across the country are suffering. Uh, That is another huge issue that we are all facing. Sadly, now every city, every town in America is a border town thanks to this president. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Anthony, line six. Anthony, your thoughts. Yes. uh, Hi, Rita. Um, Everything um, that I've heard uh, this evening is nothing new. Uh, and as damaging as it is, the communities are up in arms. And yeah, who cares, right? To... Is that your point? I mean, I'm, I, I hope you're being facetious. Go ahead. Well, what I want to say is um, that, yeah, I'm being facetious is right. But I could tell you this. Uh, we've. I want to um, enlighten you to the fact that we have a migrant problem already prior to this current uh, event, uh, because I live in a neighborhood that has gone down the tubes. And for a few years, I go to the community board meetings, I've written every elected official, and um, I've got zero response. So I've been canceled. Wow. <laughs> okay, to so, speak at meetings. Anthony, let me just ask you, just because we yeah. have a couple seconds left, that that what yes, because sir. of the migrant issue you've already seen it prior to this is what you're saying yes i'm going to lay it out uh in 30 seconds or less you got 10 uh, seconds so go ahead migration came into my neighborhood like other neighborhoods uh people moved out it's called illegal conversions and illegal overcrowding well uh there have been a lot of issues uh prior to this but speaking of the border in specific Uh, This has happened since this president took office. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a beautiful segment coming from D. Barry, Florida, where a retired Air Force sergeant and his family have a new home and is all thanks to a national program which aids veterans. How beautiful is that? The community gathered recently for a parade to celebrate the airman's move to his mortgage-free home after years of dedicated service to the country. This military veteran can finally enjoy a peaceful life with his loved ones. Matthew Cable walked alongside dozens of law enforcement officials also local leaders and well-wishers to his new home filled with hopes and dreams. Meanwhile, his journey, by the way, has been marked by resilience. While on active duty, he faced a formidable adversary in the form of bone marrow cancer and experienced complete organ failure, even twice requiring life support. 
He now stands in remission, and that is truly a testament to his courage and also his strength. The organization Building Homes for Heroes has a proud track record of providing 341 homes for veterans in need. And for Cable, this isn't just another house. It is his forever home. It is the first and only one that he plans to own. He said, it is our forever home, and I am forever grateful. What a beautiful story. And, of course, I am such a huge supporter of our military and always love seeing individuals honoring them for their incredible service and helping their families uh, as best as they can. As we know, also Tunnels to Towers does amazing, amazing work. So be sure to also check them out because they do extraordinary things in the community. And everybody, we are talking about President Biden's wacky and wild visit to Maui, Hawaii. We know that over 100 people have lost their lives. There are hundreds of children that are missing. There are still about a 1,000 people unaccounted for. It is heartbreaking. You see these images. It, it looks like a scene out of an apocalyptic film. It is just burned to the ground, the town of Lahaina. And I can't even imagine what these people are feeling emotionally, the loss, uh, just the overwhelming grief. And they are in complete mourning. And here is our president, Joe Biden, who first off, Now it took him about two weeks to get to Maui. He should have been there almost soon after everything to say, listen, we're with you. The country loves you. You're in our prayers. Uh, We will do whatever we can to help you rebuild. Uh, We'll make sure that no no stone is unturned, that we will make sure that you are taken care of and your families are taken care of. Be a leader. Be a commander-in-chief. Take control of the situation and also, most importantly, show that you care. Show that America and American leadership at the highest levels cares about its people. I mean, these people are devastated. So the president comes first off two weeks too late and he shows up and he starts making jokes. And then he makes these bizarre analogies. He often does this in times of crises. He either starts cracking a joke about ice cream or or make some other bizarre joke, and it's completely inappropriate. And then he also makes these analogies like, oh, I know how you feel. So he makes this analogy talking about a fire that happened in his home that stayed isolated to the kitchen. It was only a few minutes that that fire happened, uh, and nobody lost their lives. And it, again, stayed isolated to a small section of his house. So how could he use that? As an example of what these people who have lost everything to make it sound like, oh, I've been there. I'm one of you. To me, it seems so insincere. It seems so disconnected and it seems so disingenuous. And to me, it's this tone deafness of this president at these pivotal moments. We think about after a school shooting, he starts joking about the kids. Hey, uh, how do you like the ice cream? And then here he goes to Maui, Hawaii, and he's talking, trying to compare a small kitchen fire that he went through uh, that, oh, I almost lost my Corvette. Are you kidding me? How dare you even say that to these people who have lost everything? And it reminds me of also the Gold Star mom who is standing there in Dover at the Air Force Base when her son's body came 
and it came down with a flag-draped coffin. I mean, one of the most uh, incredible moments of grief. And this is after Afghanistan. Her son was one of those heroes who lost his life at the Abbey Gate in Afghanistan. And Joe Biden's checking his watch according to her. You see it in the pictures. And then also talks about, oh, well, I lost my son, Bo. He came back in a flag-draped coffin. Uh, Bo died of cancer. He didn't die overseas. He didn't die in Afghanistan after a dismal withdrawal. It's this disconnect at these moments that just seems so insincere and so inappropriate. And this seems to be quite frequent with this new commander and chief at the helm that we've had for the last two years. This president just seems to be so out of touch and he seems to have no clue how to connect with people. So he comes up with these stories like, I've been there. I'm Sympathy Joe. It looks so downright phony and it looks so tone deaf and so disconnected. And I think this comment that he made in Maui just seemed disgraceful, to say the least. Here, first off, is the president right after he lands and he's making a few little jokes about Hawaii. How nice. You get there after two weeks and this is what you have to say. You guys catch the boots out here? That's a hot crown, man. It's a hot ground. And so his handlers are like, oh, let's hurry up and get out of here before the guy says something else. Uh, isn't it? It's a hot ground, everybody, isn't it? Yeah, it's a hot ground because they had a massive fire. I mean, are you kidding me? How disgusting and inappropriate. And then it gets worse. Uh, first off, here's a Lahaina resident who said they just can't believe President Biden came here and made these remarks. Listen to the outrage. And many of them were shouting, go home, Joe. I think it was a little bit tone deaf. However, I can't understand how he was trying to meet us somewhere and say, I understand. But unfortunately, that is nothing that compares to what happened to our community, our beautiful little town and the family, children that were lost and disabled and the elderly. I mean, a car and your kitchen is kind of just a little sad to hear, you know, I mean, I think people really want to see you show up for us and provide an eighth of what you're giving to Ukraine. It's, it's outrageous. Lahaina is so hurt right now. And it was tone deaf. Yeah. Tone deaf to say the least. And there were others that posted messages on social media. Uh, Every other word was a four letter word. They could not retain, you know, contain their anger, understandably. And here's the comment that everybody's going, are you kidding me? Talks about a little fire in his kitchen that he had. And uh, somehow he can sympathize with what those people went through. I'm one of you. Listen to this one. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press It was a sunny Sunday, and lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, (laughs) and my cat. 
all kidding aside, I watched the firefighters, the way they responded. All kidding aside, you've just lost everything and 500 kids are missing. Let's, let's have a little joke. This to me is disgusting. Like, I can sympathize with you because I had a little kitchen fire. Don't worry that your whole town is burned to the ground. I'm one of you. <laughs> and my Corvette almost got burned down. What a, what, boy, what, boy, what a shame that is. That to me is so horrible and so disingenuous and tone deaf is the nicest thing that I could say. And it reminded me of that moment again with the Gold Star Mom. This is Cheryl Rex who talked about what she saw when her son's body, this is when his coffin, his flag drake coffin, came off the plane into Dover Air Force Base after he was killed when the suicide bomber uh, exploded at Abbey Gate after Biden's dismal withdrawal from Afghanistan. Take a listen to the compassion that she says she saw from Joe Biden at that critical moment. It's just disrespect. He's just respected all 13 of our kids when they came home. You just can't spend a little bit of time and honor our kids the correct way. You don't check your watch. If you had somewhere else to be, then you shouldn't have been there. Let us be there. I think there's something seriously so wrong with Joe Biden that he's degrading mentally. He does not realize how inappropriate when he made the comments again after the school shooting, talking about joking with the ice cream. Then another day is joking about the ice cream. It's like all these like pivotal moments. You go to Maui and you start talking about a kitchen fire and how hot the ground is. Ha ha ha. How funny. I mean, this is like, it is just, it's so unseemly. And it's like somebody who can't, it's like a synapse is wrong in his brain that he can't compute that it's the wrong thing to say at the wrong time. I think he clearly is having issues where he just cannot separate the fact that he's there at a terrible tragedy and how completely inappropriate his comments are. And so it goes on. This is what Cheryl Rex also recounted at Dover Air Force Base. She said he comes over to her and says, you know, I went through the same thing. I lost my son. His body came back in a flag draped coffin uh, bow. Now, she makes it sound, he keeps recounting that story. He's told that story over and over again. Obviously, what happened to Bo Biden, uh, the son, of course, one of the sons, you know, Hunter is the other one, of Joe Biden. It's horrible. It's sad. It is downright heartbreaking. Um, He was, you know, of course, uh, a prosecutor there in Delaware in the military. He had cancer and he died from cancer. It's heartbreaking. It's an enormous loss. But Joe Biden keeps recounting the story as if his son died in battle. And when you go to see these families, you shouldn't be talking about yourself. First of all, it's not true. His son didn't die in battle. His son died of cancer. And he died, you know, afterwards. It wasn't like he died when he was over there in Afghanistan because the president of the United States couldn't plan the withdrawal right. It's a very different scenario. These families are angry, they're heartbroken, and what you say is, uh, I went through this with my son, when they know that, A, it's not the truth, that's one, and B, you shouldn't be talking about yourself trying to tell any story at that moment. You should be talking about them, asking them how they are, not talking about yourself. Here's a little bit more of what she said he did. Uh, at Dover Air Force Base, which fits very much 
with what we just heard in Maui. Myself and the other families of our 13 were awaiting for the plane arrival to the United States. When Joe Biden, our elected president, entered the room, when he approached me, his words to me were, my, my wife Jill and I know how you feel. We lost our son as well and brought him home in a flag-draped coffin. My heart started beating faster and I started shaking knowing that their son died from cancer and they were able to be by his side. Also wondering how someone could honestly, sorry, be so heartless to say he knew how I felt a little over 24 hours and learning of my son's death. And that is very similar to what he tried to do in Maui. Oh, I went through it with you. I had a house fire. I had a little house fire that was put out that was contained to the kitchen area. And somehow that also connects with them. They were appalled and dismayed and disgusted. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jacqueline, line five. Jacqueline, your thoughts. Rita, you know, my heart goes out to the people of Maui. Some lost their lives. Others lost their homes, as well as relatives, other family members. Um, But I do have to say this. Elections do have consequences. And I even heard a clip uh, earlier today on WABC. I forget whose show it was on. Uh, People were saying they'll never vote for him again. And I believe Hawaii is a democratic state. Um, If that was President Trump... He would have asked what they needed. They would have had everything they needed and more within days. And this Joe Biden, this is just another example of what a narcissist he is and how he really doesn't give a darn about any other human being except for himself and and anything that would better himself. President Trump, no matter what you say about him, I think he has genuine compassion for other human beings. And this this Joe Biden just simply does not. Yeah. Using this example of of a kitchen fire 15 years ago where it was contained to a small kitchen area after, you know, a few minutes and he's worried about his car. It's like, you know, these people would love to, you know, have their relative. They're not thinking of cars at this moment. I, I mean, it is so unseemly. And you're right. There's this disconnect. And, and that's why I think it's the it was the New York Post who had Joe Antoinette. Uh, it was one of the columns today basically referring, you know, he leaves there. And what does he do? He flies from there. He's on vacation. So he's on like a second vacation, I think it is, in a week. And then he flies back, leaves them and goes to this friend's home in Lake Tahoe. That's an $18 million home. I, I mean... How disconnected can you be? And then, as I mentioned also, Jacqueline, these FEMA workers are staying at $1,000 a night hotel rooms. I mean, that's disgusting. It shows no connection to these people, and it is disgraceful. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll continue with your calls, everybody, about our tone-deaf president after the break. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. 77 WABC. It's the Rita Cosby Show.
So Biden is disconnected and tone deaf. Boy, what a mess. And how disingenuous to say those things to the people of Maui. And think about all the money that's being spent on migrants. They anticipate just in New York City alone, $12 billion. Sometime in about a year and a half will be the total that they expect. It'll probably be a lot more. And yet in Maui, they could find $700 per family. That is insane. That is such a slap in the face when you look at all the money that is going towards the migrants. And yet the people of Maui, the good, legitimate people that are citizens, that are legally here, that are citizens of this country, the best they can do is pull out $700. And then the president has this disconnected speech about a fire in his kitchen. Are you kidding me? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Vinny. Line three, Vinny, your thoughts. Hey, Rita. Joe Biden is a disgrace and embarrassment to this country to make a joke and talk about a stupid car while people lost their lives crying in the background. Another thing I wanted to say is they showed on the news today. I don't know if it was true or not, but it looked like he was sleeping during the memorial service. Yeah, I but I saw that, too, Vin. It looked like he was like passed out. He was like, oh, like and and meanwhile, here they are grieving over their loved ones. It was it to me was par for the course, sadly, with this president. But you're right. He looked like he was like in a coma. I thought, you know what? If you can't show up and do it appropriately, then you're better off staying away than telling these distasteful stories and falling asleep. It looked like at a memorial service. You are spot on, Vin. Uh, Let's go to Andrew. Line two, Andrew, your thoughts. Hey, real quick, Rita, I'll be there tomorrow in Staten Island. I was in the other protest that uh, Glenn was it uh, Floyd Glenn, and that uh, ended quick. I was working, so I actually got there oh, late. Oh, Floyd Bennett but, Field. Floyd Bennett Field. But to, I drove by on my way home, and I saw the other location. It's in a real tiny, small street, so it was right 20 feet. When I heard the man you interviewed, I thought, oh, it can't be that close, but it's actually not like a city area. It's like a little tiny suburban, real small neighborhood, so it is kind of a shock. I'm glad you're going there. Andrew, bravo to you. And keep us posted how it goes. Bravo, bravo. Uh, Let's go to Robert. Line seven real quick, Robert. Hey, Rita, I'll be real quick. Uh, Jacqueline stole a lot of my thunder. I think she was right in what she said. Um, I would be real curious to see what happens in Hawaii if Biden decides to run again. And I would suggest that if the demographics of Hawaii were a little different, Joe would have acted a little different. Make of that what you will. Yeah, you know what? I wonder too, Robert, because in Palestine, Ohio, which definitely is very Republican, he still hasn't shown up for that train derailment scene. Uh, So that speaks volumes. And everybody, we're going to join you tomorrow night. Special coverage, me and my buddy Dominic Carter will be covering the debate and more. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.